0: Jaqen Hagar is probably the most confusing Game of Thrones character. Like first he's in a cage, then he's a soldier, and he kills people for Aya and gives her a coin, and changes his face, and goes away. Then three seasons later, in Braavos, there's this old guy who's actually Jaqen, but he says he's not Jaqen, then he dies, then he's still alive, then he's like, you are now no one. In the books, things are different again – Jaqen isn't at the House of Black and White in Braavos, but he does turn up at the Citadel, at Oldtown, disguised as an alchemist. And there are all these theories, all these connections Jaqen and the Faceless Men have with Euron Greyjoy, dragons, and Valyria. Some people even think that Jaqen may be Syrio Forel. So let's work this stuff out – what's going on with Jaqen Hagar? In book and season two, Arya joins a group of Night's Watch recruits, led by Joran. Most of them are prisoners from the dungeons of King's Landing, and three of these are considered so dangerous that they're kept chained up in the back of a wagon. There's Biter, a monstrous man with pointed teeth, Rorj, a brute with no nose, and then there's and Hagar, a handsome, smiling, polite man who says he's from the city of Lorath. Jaqen is nice to Arya, asks her for beer, tells her she could make a friend. Later, when the group is attacked, Jack and Rauj and Biter's wagon catches fire, and Arya saves them from the flames by bringing an axe to break their chains. When Arya is taken to Harrenhal, Jackon turns up again, apparently having joined under the Lannisters as a mercenary. Jackon tells Arya that since she saved him and Rauj and Biter from the fire, the Red God is owed three lives, so Jackon offers to kill three people for her. Once this death debt is paid, Jacken says his time is done – he magically changes his face into another man's, taking on a whole new identity. The name Jacken, the face, the manner of speech, the whole personality is revealed to be a lie. The truth is that this person is an assassin of the Faceless Men. The Faceless Men are a secretive society of assassins – you pay them, and they'll kill someone for you. They're said to be very expensive, but very effective. When Arya joins the Faceless Men at their base in the House of Black and White in Braavos, we learn that the Faceless Men aren't just assassins; they're also priests who worship death. They believe that every different religion has some figure that represents death, so they call death the Many-Faced God. When Jaqen was talking about the Red God before, he was talking about the Lord of Light as a face of the Many-Faced God, one of many aspects of death. The Faceless often speak of death as a gift, a mercy, a release from the suffering of life, so the assassinations they carry out seem sacred to them. As assassins, Faceless men are trained to use deception, perception, poison, and sticks to kill their targets, they use human faces to magically disguise themselves as other people, and they're trained to give up their identities, their hopes and dreams, loves and hates, everything that makes them who they are to become a faceless man you must become no one which makes things very confusing it means that when we talk about jack and hagar we're actually talking about a faceless man who happens to wear jackan's face but apparently any faceless man can wear any face there's this stuff in the show where a man who appears to be jack and drinks poison and dies and then the waif wears jackan's face and then another man turns up as jack and later so the Faceless Men seem interchangeable, almost like a hive mind – any of them can be any one cause they're all no one, so it's probably best to think of Jacken as just an extension of the Faceless Men, a servant of the Many-Faced God. But what's he actually up to? Jackan makes a big effort to recruit Aya to the Faceless Men – he turns up just when she's feeling weak and afraid, and shows her that killing can make her feel strong and brave. By letting her pick three of her enemies to kill, Jacken gives her a taste of the power of being a faceless assassin. Never mind that a real faceless assassin doesn't get to pick their own targets. He shows off by changing his face in front of her, and that's when he tells her to come with him to Bravos to learn the same magic, as though the House of Black and White was more Hogwarts than Death Cult. He fails to mention all the downsides of being with the Faceless – like living in a stone temple, scrubbing corpses, daily beatings, and you know, completely giving up your identity to become no one. Jacken's like some slimy army recruiter – he manipulates Aya into joining the Faceless Men, and some fans believe this was his mission all along – maybe that the manipulation begins with Syrio Forel. Syrio Forel is the Bravosi swordsman who trains Arya in King's Landing, and he teaches her many of the same things that Jacken and the Faceless Men teach – how to be sneaky, how to stand very still, to see things as they truly are, and that violence can make her feel strong. Syrio's training is like the perfect introduction to a later training with the Faceless Men, like uh, how to be badass 101 before the more advanced badassery at the House of Black and White. In the show, Sirio tells Arya there is only one god, and his name is Death – which lines up with what Jaqen says later – there is only one god, a girl knows his name. So the theory here is that the reason for these connections and similarities between Sirio and Jakan is that Sirio is Jaqen – another false face of the faceless men who came to King's Landing specifically to train Arya and recruit her as a faceless assassin. Which could maybe be possible. The last time we saw Sirio, it looks like he's about to be killed by Meron Trant, but maybe he actually escapes and somehow ends up in the Black Cells with the face of Jack and Hagar in time to be recruited to the Night's Watch in the same group with Aya. But why would Sirio slash and deliberately get himself locked up in the Black Cells and in that cage that almost got him killed? Surely he could have found another way to stick with Aya if that was his goal. And if it wasn't deliberate, and he got locked up by mistake, it's a pretty big coincidence that he just happened to be recruited into the same group Arya was travelling with. So either way, this doesn't make much sense. And what about Sirio himself, like did the Faceless Men seriously kill and replace the First Sword of Bravos just so they could train a random Westerosi nine year old? Is Arya really such an amazing potential assassin to be worth all this hassle, and how would the Faceless Men even know about her – do they have spies at Winterfell? The more you think about it, the less sense it makes for Sirio to be Jackin. The more likely explanation is that the reason why Sirio's training fits with Jackin's is cause this is a story – it needs to fit, it needs to have a flow to it. Aya's arc explores themes of violence and loss of identity, so naturally she meets mentors who gradually guide her down that path. Not every character has a secret identity. But some of them do. The Alchemist is a mysterious character we see in Feast, at Old Town. He makes a deal with a guy named Pate, a novice at the Citadel where maesters are trained. The Alchemist gives Pate a gold piece in return for a certain key – a key said to be able to unlock every door in the Citadel. We're told almost nothing about the Alchemist, but we do get a description of his face – a description that happens to perfectly match the new face that Jacken wears after he leaves Harrenhal full cheeks, a hooked nose, a scar on the right cheek, and curly black hair. The Alchemist is another false identity of the Faceless Men – probably the same man as Jacken. So in Feast, this Alchemist gets his key, and then he appears to kill Pate, but later, when Sam arrives in Old Town, he meets Pate alive and well, but there are some weird things about him. The clues suggest that this pate is actually the alchemist in disguise, who is probably actually Jacken in disguise, who is actually a faceless man in disguise. And now this babushka assassin is bunking with Sam Tarly in Old Town, holding a key said to be able to unlock every door in the Citadel. But why? What do the faceless men want in the Citadel? We're given one clue. In Dance, Tyrion mentions a book, a fragmentary, anonymous, blood-soaked tome called Blood and Fire, or the Death of Dragons – the only surviving copy of which is supposedly hidden away in a locked vault beneath the Citadel. When Pate gives the alchemist the key, he specifically wonders if the alchemist might want a book locked down in the vaults of the Citadel. So the clues suggest that the Faceless Man wants this book. But why are the Faceless Men interested in dragons? In Faced, the Kindly Man tells Aya how the Faceless Men began. His story goes back thousands of years to the Valyrian Freehold – the empire of the original dragonlords, who ruled most of the known world through the power of their dragons and their slaves. The Kindly Man tells of the slaves who worked in the mines beneath volcanic mountains called the Fourteen Flames. These mines were so hot and the work so hard that slaves would pray for an end to their pain. And the first faceless man was someone who gave them that gift, who killed the slaves who suffered the most. Aya says they should have killed the slave masters, not the slaves, and the Kindly Man says he would bring the gift to them as well – but that is a tale for another day. So the Kindly Man is suggesting that the Faceless Men brought the gift of death to the slave masters of Valyria, and some readers believe this refers to the Doom of Valyria, the massive fiery catastrophe that suddenly destroyed the Empire 400 years ago. The Doom is mysterious, no one really knows what caused it, but maybe the Faceless Men were behind it, killing all the slave masters, their slaves, and the entire empire in one huge terrible sacrament to the many-faced god of death. There's no strong evidence for this, but it totally could fit, and it could maybe explain why the Faceless Men now want this book about dragons, because of course, there were survivors of the Doom. The Targaryen family and their dragons escaped Valyria and went on to conquer Westeros, ruling the Seven Kingdoms for centuries until their overthrow by Robert, eventually leaving Daenerys, the last of the dragonlords. And now she's rising as a queen, conquering cities across Slaver's Bay, and unlike the Targaryens of the last hundred or so years, Dany has dragons. Given the history with Valyria, the Faceless Men are probably not too keen for a new dragon queen with the blood of old Valyria. So, maybe they want to stop her, maybe they want to kill her dragons, and maybe that's why Jacken is stealing a book called The Death of Dragons. There are a lot of maybes here, and there are problems with the idea. For one thing, Danny is ending slavery in the cities that she captures, and it seems like slavery is kind of the main problem that the Faithless Men had with Valyria. Also, if the Faceless Men are so against Valyrians and Targaryens, you'd think they would have moved against them sometime in the last three hundred years of Targaryen rule in Westeros. Maybe they did somehow. At this point, we just don't know, but this history with Valyria seems important either way. Another big thing is that in Book Three, we hear that Balon Greyjoy, father of Theon and Asha, has died – fallen from a bridge at Pike during a storm. In the show, we see Balon's brother Euron is the one to kill him, attacking him and pushing him off the bridge, but in the books, it's different. In a sample chapter of Winds, Euron admits to killing Balon, but says he didn't do the deed himself, so who did? Well earlier in Book 3, the ghost of Highheart has a dream of a man without a face, waiting on a bridge that sways and swings, on his shoulder perches a drowned crow, with seaweed hanging from his wings. The Drowned Crow sounds like Euron Crow's Eye, and The Man Without a Face sounds like a faceless man. So it sounds like Euron hired a faceless man to kill Balon – maybe Jaqen was the one to do it, after he went to Harrenhal. But there's another complication, because remember, the faceless men are expensive. And George Martin says that the cost of hiring a faceless assassin depends on how important and hard to kill the target is. So if Euron hired a faceless man to kill King Balon Greyjoy, it must have cost a lot, so what could he have paid them with? Well in Feast, Euron says that he once had a dragon egg, but he couldn't make it hatch, so he threw it into the sea. If Euron did have a dragon egg, would he really be stupid enough to throw away something so valuable? Maybe he actually used it as payment for a faceless assassin to kill Balon. And maybe the faceless have plans for this egg. Because dragon eggs seem to be powerful, magical, fiery objects. They were involved in the mysterious tragedy of Summerhall, where a fire got out of control and killed a bunch of Targaryens 40 years ago. Fans speculate that dragon eggs may have been involved in other fiery catastrophes like the destruction of Hardhome, and maybe the doom of Valyria. We don't know how this would work, exactly, and there's no strong evidence, but the point is that there definitely are connections between the Faceless Men and Valyria and Dragons and Euron – especially when you look at the most recent sample chapter of Winds, called The Forsaken. In this chapter, which was a reading by George Martin transcribed by fans, we learn that Euron Greyjoy is even more evil than he seemed. In the books he always was creepy and cruel and manipulative, but in this chapter, we see an even darker side to the crow's eye. Euron has imprisoned his brother Aeron, along with a bunch of other priests from different religions on his ship, and he's torturing them physically and psychologically, in horrifically creative ways involving fire and dismemberment and talk of past childhood abuse. And Euron drugs Aeron, and he has these nightmares of dragons and krakens and skulls and dead gods, and we learn Euron's planning something – some kind of sacrifice. He's using the blood of priests and warlocks and pregnant women on the eve of a naval battle to cause something terrible. There's imagery of a boiling bloody sea, of a monstrous Cthulhu-like Euron. We're told that blood is power and that these are the last days, when the world shall be broken and remade, a new god shall be born from the graves and charnel pits." So this is… vague, but terrifying, and it could possibly connect to the Faceless Men, who are, after all, a literal death cult – killing and blood is kind of their jam, and there are some real connections here, like the use of priests from all different religions, is kinda like the many-faced god. And also, all this is happening just off the coast near Old Town, which is where the Faceless Alchemist is. We already know the Faceless Men worked for Euron to kill Balon, so maybe they're also conspiring with him to create this great sacrifice, this terrible orgy of death and blood, which may, like the Doom of Valyria, have cataclysmic consequences. There could be dragon eggs involved, the death of dragons may be related, or… Maybe the Faceless Men have nothing to do with it. We can't say for sure, but here's what we do know. and Hagar is the false identity of a Faceless Man – he somehow ended up in the Black Cells of King's Landing, and then met Arya, and led her to join the Faceless Men. It's possible that he was working with Arya all along as Syrio Forel, but that doesn't seem likely. We do know that the Alchemist, now Pate, is a Faceless Man, probably the same one as and and he seems to be planning to steal a book about dragons from the Citadel. We know the Faceless Men have bad blood with Valyria, which might explain their interest in the book The Death of Dragons, and it seems likely that a Faceless Man killed Balon Greyjoy for Euron, which may have involved a dragon egg that may relate back to cataclysms like the Doom. Lastly, we know that Euron's planning some terrible sacrifice, which could also somehow relate to Jakken. The Faceless Men, and their many-faced god. So that probably raised more questions than it answered, but that's kind of the fun of this character. Comment below what you think Jack and Hagar and the Faceless Men are up to, and make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks for watching. This video draws a lot from the ideas of the Song of Ice and Fire fan community, so there are links in the description to some really great essays and forum posts if you'd like to have a look. Thanks to all supporters on Patreon, including Katie Murphy, Jeremy Cashin, Amy McCracken, Thomas McGilroy, Elijah Roseberry, Sybil Starr, Elise Harper, Gregory Folk, Decoy Octopod, Teddy, Ronjan, and Spike. Cheers.